The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. All right, well, welcome back to Short Hops and Tall Tales, a pictureless podcast highlighting the weird, funny, and bizarre elements of baseball that make America's pastime special. I am thrilled uh, to reintroduce the greatest, oh, <laughs> the greatest co-host, Brandon Riddle, to the show. Um, he's been gone for, for a little while because we've also switched uh, to bi-weekly, so I feel like it's been a long time since, uh, since we got a chance to, to chat and talk some baseball. Yeah, I've been jumping around the country a little bit, but uh, I'm glad that you read my edits on the intro because I truly am the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm I excited to be back. The, the show was honestly, though, great without me. So I was happy to see that still going. Oh, well, thank you. Well, <laughs> uh, we definitely definitely had a Brandon sized hole, um, but we, we did have a good time uh, uh, with the last one when we talked a yeah. little bit about Rube Waddell. So uh, if you did not get a chance to listen go to the, the last podcast with uh, Dave Sherman, uh, Go check it out. But today, um, I know I know Brandon's got a great story that I'm super excited to dig into. Um, what, what are you talking you're about gonna, today? You're going to dig into this one. We have <laughs> one of the most famous plays in baseball, not just in the sports, but culturally as well. We have Bobby Thompson's The Shot Heard Around the World. We're going to dive in there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that one. Um, afterwards, yeah. we, we got another pickle jar. We have a new kind of word that's entered the lexicon recently, so we'll get into that a little bit. And then we have, let's see, the World Series of World Series. Is that what we're calling it? That's what I'm calling it. (laughs) You you, you asked for a title, and I gave you one. I I said, I said, I I, I had it, I think it was really just like top three, and it was like, that's incredibly generic. Like, we need something something better. So, okay, I like it. I like it. I'm here for it. World Series of World Series. Well, all right. Sounds sounds good to me. You got any... (laughs) any more segue material no um, <laughs> yeah. well, well, I, I will say because this is coming out in a couple of days to enjoy this world series uh we'll see what happens come december and you know the negotiation so enjoy this baseball while we still have baseball true, hopefully true. we have plenty more in the spring yeah that's that's that would be can you imagine if we did an episode about the cba negotiate like the uh, actually the I, was, I was just going through my head because somebody was just introduced to the baseball hall of fame which has a significant <laughs> impact on the yeah, marvin miller, right? yeah exactly so yeah. i think we need to dedicate an episode to marvin miller 
I think that would be cool. I think if it was one that was just based on like the last like couple of lockouts, it would be the most frustrating and boring episode. Yeah, always are. Always are. <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully there will be baseball next year. But uh, mm. until then, we're gonna we're gonna you know deflect and uh, oh quick p- pick off trivia. Hey, look um, at you go. There we go. Duck, uh, which player has been hit by uh, pitches the most in his career? Now, this is one of those questions that I think you already know is going to be a bunch of random guys from like, well, you know, 1894. Um, yeah. So so we're going to start with classic or with, you know, all time leaders and hit by pitches. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. if, if we can't can't make much headway there, we'll just talk active oh, leaders, um, which I think will be will be a more interesting so this this may shock you, but I know the answer without looking it up to this one. Wow. Okay, he's confident. Who is it? The uh, the all time leader hit by pitches is shortstop Hugh Jennings. Huey Jennings. Yes. Wow. Yes. Absolutely. You know on, on the ball. So I I know that because I really like the uh, game Out of the Park Baseball, and Huey Jennings absolutely right. lit up. So he's I always looked up his stats. Like, who was the, who is this classy fellow who's lining up a league? Oh, he lead, leads all time in hit by pitches. Huey Jennings. <laughs> I feel like I also learn a lot of weird baseball trivia from the out of the park baseball. Oh like, God, I, uh, love, I love it. Like so the, much. They've got like lo- the little loading screens and, and the, the flavor text, it's like up. quotes and stuff. I, I feel like those are so fun. Um, do you know how many times he was hit by the pitch? Oh, six. In a ballpark figure. Wow. No, <laughs> no way. No, you way overshot that. Uh, 257. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And that was across 18 seasons uh, from 1891 wow. to 1918. A couple, couple uh, of bruises there. Can you name anyone else in the top five? Top five. Um, are, are these also like 19th century players? Or are we talking some more modern day? There are. Oh, what? Whoa. Hold on. Hold My on. computer is tripping out. What's going on? What happened? Are you there? Uh, yeah, I, I still see you. I still hear you. That was really weird. So my entire computer like hmm. well, tried to like, like force an update on me or something, and oh, no. everything was like black and white. Um, Zencaster keeps it going, so you're you're good. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so some players are from the 1800s. There are a couple of names that when I like research this question this is this all came from curiosity i was like i wonder who I, had the most bruises i have um, there's a couple surprising names from that you would know okay i have a thought i have no idea if this is right go uh, for it because he had that really low crouch lean into the plate again with the astros um biggio is he on that Craig list biggio yes he is he number like, two yes. oh hey number two uh can you guess how many he had uh 162 you know, I realized that <laughs> I realized that when I when I did the research for this and I typed it in, I definitely put his in or Huey Jennings is in wrong because Craig Craig Biggio is two eighty five. Huey Jennings is um two eighty seven. Wow! So I, misinput, misinput. That's so uh, close. Two eighty seven. Yeah, it's a two eighty five. And okay, so my my follow up question is: If I'm Craig Biggio, or I guess if you're Craig Biggio. Is it worth it to stick around the league just to like get hit like three more times and have right, that, that that dubious I, record? Because I feel many, like how many players have stuck around an extra year to get three thousand hits or three thousand wins? Or yeah, how many, exactly. How many Bernie Max have come back five years after retirement to get three thousand? But it hits? doesn't. It doesn't typically leave a mark when you get a hit. <laughs> like doesn't typically leave a leave a bruise. No, and at that point, if you're in the league long enough to potentially lead all time hitters and hit by pitchers you're doing something right in your game so you probably don't need 
that extra record. I would I'm also going to I'm also going to go out on a limb and say if I'm Craig Bicio and I've already been hit 285 yeah, times, I'm probably over it. I'm yeah. probably probably yeah, yeah. a little sick of it. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I was like I wonder if me be, just being like a big like stat nerd would be like or you know trivia nerd would be like, yeah, you know, I'll suck, I'll suck it up for It's like so, uh, it, it's like Mr. 3000 but with yep. but by getting hit by, hit by the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> so who who rounds out the top 5? Okay, so number three is Tommy Tucker, great name, uh, with two seventy two. Don Baylor is at number Don four. Baylor, I, hey, former hitting coach and MVP in nineteen eighty six. I think it was. He, sure, I I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, Don Baylor uh, had two hundred and sixty seven. Jason Kendall, uh, the catcher. Jason Kendall, Pittsburgh Pirates that was, catcher. That was one of the surprising names uh, with two hundred and fifty four. He's in number five. And then I found this because I, I have to uh, work him in here. Chase Utley, uh, number eight all time with two hundred and four hit by pitches. I believe I ma- it. I imagine most of those hits came in the li- later half of his career for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. Um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, those a lot of a lot of people we're mm-hmm. really not going to know. So just real quick, who take some take some guesses at the top three active leaders for hit so by somebody pitches. in the game long enough, successful enough. Um, Altuve? It's very surprising. Is Altuve nope. in there? Nope, uh, but he might be he was, soon. He was my first guess. Hmm. Um, <laughs> It's not going to be like Stanton or anyone. He's not in the game long enough. Nope. It's not going to be Trout. He's too injured. Um, well, you're getting hit by a pitch. <laughs> I guess that's a good point. Um, I know he's not in, but Tim LaCastro, the Yankees, he's a baseball magnet. He gets hit all the time. He's probably not in the leader because he, he doesn't is get not. too much playing he time. He doesn't have the... I, I can't tell you. I can't I can't give you guesses. Okay. So, number one is, is the one... I, I mean, it's... I, I could see it. It's Anthony Rizzo. Uh, he's been in the league 11 seasons, been hit 178 times. That's a lot. Oof, yeah. um, that's, that's, that's actually like an all, almost an all time pace there. Yeah. I was just thinking um, he's got a pretty good pace. Cause he's yeah, what? That's, that's a great pace. Yeah. He's, he's mm. got it. I think, I, I think he's got, a he's real, got 11 real. seasons. If he plays like eight more, like who, I mean, that's good. That's a pretty tall order. I think, I think order, we need to start an Anthony Rizzo hit by pitch watch. That'd be fun. That'd be yeah, fun. We'll, we'll do fun. that on the. Uh, dang, I wish we had this idea before the season started. This would be fun to well, do. He was next maybe, season. He, maybe he's. You know, I don't know how many hit by pitches he had this True. season, but maybe he gained the pace and now he's ready. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so that's he's number one. Number two and three, I guarantee you would not guess with a hundred guesses. So we're going. It's it's Starling Marte and hey, Derek right. Dietrich. Wow, Derek Dietrich has played eight seasons and has 123 hit by pitches. That's pretty. That's a great. That's a good taste. That's that's (laughs) that's also maybe we start a counter for him too. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you've got Kurt Suzuki uh, at number four with 117, and then rounding out the top top five. Very surprising to me, Albert Pujols only has 113 over 21 seasons. Only been hit 113 times. Like if he that's, just like leaned into it, I mean, granted, he probably pr- wouldn't play as much or have as long of a career, um, but he would definitely be <laughs> be up there. Um, hmm. Justin Turner, uh, he has oh, up there. he and Jose Abreu are tied. Well, yeah, they're tied feels, at seven. I, I know Turner gets injured now and then, but it feels like a, a mere baseball can't hurt yeah. that man. That's just what it feels well, like. Well, Justin Turner also has the franchise, re- the Dodgers franchise record for hit by pitches. Um, oh. Uh, cool. What's interesting, though, is rounding out number 10, uh, the active leader at number 10 is Mike Trout. 
Uh, he's been okay. hit 86 times. Uh, Chris Bryant is one ahead of him with 87. Yes, we, we need to bring that number um, so down yeah. to Mike Trout. Significantly down. Don't hurt yeah, this let's, man. We need, to we, need, we need him for teach a whole him season. Just dodge and one more time. And, and dip and, and dodge and, and whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, Mike Trout, um, stop stop getting hit by pitches, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine this is a list you really want to be on. Um, well, I mean, to know, be fair, taking, if, if you're, just, you're taking a lot of body shots. Yeah, but if like, you're in the top just, all-time leaders, that means your career has been long and successful. Yeah, it's impressive. Good, yeah, good enough to be in the games that often. So, hey, you know, good, good clubhouse thing. guy, or or potentially sure, a horrendous clubhouse really guy. Just a, I guess uh, depending on how you look. Magnet, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, cool. So uh, yeah, so that is uh, that's our our trivia. That so fun. now we're we're going from body shots to. Sh- okay, that's not what I meant. I meant in the physical you're getting hit sense. But uh, to the shot heard around the world, Brandon, take it away. <laughs> the shot heard around the world uh, is probably one of my favorite moments in baseball culture. Uh, it's just like famous radio broadcasts, television broadcasts. It shows up in MASH, for example, in a fantastic episode. So it's just one of those moments that you hate to say it, but transcends the sport of baseball. And it's so great. Uh, so let's kind of give you some context here, because we all know the call. You know, the Giants win the pennant. Giants win the pennant. But exactly, yeah, yeah. Why was it that big of a moment? Oh, you're gonna love this story for many different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so here why, we are. I can't believe it was on Mash. Yeah, I, that they, was a, I, that's that's uh, huge. I think it was a, one of the more dramatic episodes where they like the whole group needs to pick me up and they go on the radio and it's broadcast throughout camp and the Giants win the pennant. Uh, and they're Giants like, oh, fans. Hey. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's fine. Uh, okay. so, so that's, that's cool. my other podcast where I go look at MASH and baseball. Um, <laughs> All right. So we're looking at 1951 here. It is the Brooklyn Dodgers against the New York Giants. And these guys do not like each other for the last few decades. Obviously, you're a baseball team this close in proximity. You're going to get some ribs in there. You're going to face each other often. You're going to have not a good time. And that's what happened here. Uh, so to give you an example, uh, back in 1934, the New York Giants manager, Bill Terry, was asked his opinion about the Brooklyn Dodgers. And he said, are they still in the league? And this whoa, is at a time, this is a team when teams are kind of folding here and there, they're moving all around and they go, are they still in the league? Do they matter anymore? And, and to his point, wow. the Dodgers won 71 games that season. The Giants won 93. So he may have had a point there. And overall, during the tenure, just in New York, um, the Giants against the Dodgers, well, the Giants had the edge, 721 wins to 670 losses, and of course, 17 ties. So there's a lot of the games they face each other. Um, so anyway, going back to that 1951 season, uh, by August 11th, the Dodgers had built themselves a very nice 13 and a half game lead over the Giants. And 13 and a half games in, uh, what do they have, 154 game season at this time? Like, that's nice, especially in August. Right. And, and the Dodgers, they just didn't get lucky. They had Jackie Robinson, they had Hall of Famers, Pee Reese, Duke Snyder, and a great player at this time, Carl Ferrio, uh, who was like always an MVP candidate. So they were stacked. Like, these, these guys were no joke. Uh, but then the Giants, of course, we know they're, um, even year bull shenanigans now. Uh, but they, they, ha- <laughs> they, they had it then, uh, too. So from August 11th onwards, they worked their magic. Um, Hall of Famer Monte Irvin of the, the Giants, um, hit 322, got on base 40% of the time and only struck out six times. 
over 200 play appearances. My goodness. Uh, and then, of course, Bobby Thompson, <laughs> uh, during that same time frame, hit 371 on base 45% of the time. And Dang. OPS, yeah, OPS 1.123. He was raking. And right ahead of him, because there was the four and five hitters. Number three hitter was a rookie, Willie Mays. Of course. <laughs> wow. This kind of reminds me of uh, the run that the Cardinals went on this year, because I, I think was, they started in, in very yeah. early, early August as well, right? I was thinking about the exact same thing, kind of making that parallel. And because they won, yeah. uh, not they as in the, but the Giants won 16 games in a row. <laughs> and so from August yeah. 11th yeah. onward, they went 37 and 7. So they go wow. from 13 yeah, and a half a games back, yeah, 13 and a half games back, win 37 ball games, and the last game of the season, Team Chaos pulls out, and the two teams are tied at the end of the day. And that means not a sudden death, but instead a best of three playoff series. Because remember, we don't have the playoffs that early on. It's whoever wins the league right. goes to the series. That's why the pennant was such a big deal. Okay. And those first two games, of course, they were split. Because um, that's how baseball gods work. The Dodgers won the second game 10 <laughs> to nothing. They put on a hitting display. So it all came down <laughs> to the final game. October 3rd, 1951. My goodness, that's almost 70 years ago to the day. So the Dodgers, they send 20-game winner and future Hall of Famer Don Newcomb out to the mound. Um, actually, he's not not to actually um, Don Newcomb, not in the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He's not a Hall of Famer? Um, Guys. He's not a Hall of Famer. He, he totally should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, wow. And that What's... is a, a travesty. Okay, I'm going to take a quick second. Because now I'm just upset. I need to look at this. I could have sworn he was in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, one of one of the the best pitchers just of of his era. One of the best black pitchers of all time. Not in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Wow. MVP, Cy Young winners, but not in the. Maybe that's what we'll do. We should have a. uh, We should. We should. With we do have Hall of Fame voting coming up. We'll have a. uh, We'll have an episode, and we'll just have a little campaign. Let's just have like a little, little PowerPoint presentation on like four four players. We, well, just just you we wait to see to, what Pitcher List has in store with a Pitcher List, you know, what, what they think the Hall of Fame looks oh, like. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> say anything there, but we'll, we'll find out. Uh, so not Hall of Fame, but four-time All-Star, MVP winner and Cy Young winner, uh, Don Newcomb, good 20-game winner, gets sent to the mound in this most important game of his career. So in the very first inning, this is going to sound just ridiculous, Hall of Famer Pee Wee yep. uh, walks. Hall of Famer Duke Snyder gets another walk. And Hall of Famer Jackie Robinson singles to score the other future Hall of Famer. <laughs> so one nothing just off the bat, wow. literally. It's just absolutely not fair to have those Hall of Famers in the row hitting the ball. Uh, but that's you and know, just that's some Hall of Fame Hall of Fame names too. Pee Wee, Pee Wee Reese, Duke <laughs> Snyder. This oh, is like prime baseball nickname. Uh, yeah. Oh, 51. Yeah. So, so tangent here. I know the gold quote, quote unquote, the golden age has a defined age, but when would you say the, the golden age, not in the sense of most people watching and was popular, but in the sense of, you know, the giants amongst men playing the game. When do you think that happened? I mean, I, I you gotta say, so I, my first, I feel like one of it's either like the late twenties, early thirties or like the fifties, because I'm thinking like I like Babe Ruth. Yeah. You know, like I'm just I'm, I'm just Ruth thinking in terms of national national appeal, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fifties I, I think are are what I would call the golden age because just look at just look at all the talent concentrated in New York at this time. Oh, sure. We've got um we've got Duke Snyder 
playing, you know, center field for the the Brooklyn Dodgers, and he's arguably he's a Hall of Famer, one one of the best uh, oh, yeah. hitters in Dodgers history, and he's arguably not even arguably he was the the worst center fielder in in New York at this time <laughs> because he was competing against against Willie, Willie Mays and, and Mickey Mantle, yeah. <laughs> like. I, I and I can't I can't say enough. Like I said, like Duke Snyder's an amazing, amazing player. Um, but but then, <laughs> that's like, just the level of talent that was uh, that was around then. And if you can combine all the outfielders in New York on one team, Duke Snyder yeah. doesn't even start because he got Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> I mean, I think that's Duke silly. Snyder might start over very late career Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, yeah, there was some overlap, but gotcha. but anyway. Like just the, I, I would say like the legendary players, those household names, mm-hmm. you know, definitely fifties through like early sixties, I All would right. say is like the golden right. era. Although who knows? Well, let's see, let's see how we look back on, you know, baseball today in another 20 years, because we've got guys like Juan Soto playing with Tr- Tatis oh goodness, and Mike Trout and, and, and Mookie Betts and like all of these, like <laughs> these players that could potentially, you know, end up you know, having, you know, their names up there with, with DiMaggio and, and, you know, whoever you want to. Now I'm, I'm, I'm going to rein us back in here to go back, not instead to 2041 and 20 years, but right back to 1951. <laughs> okay. <Here we> <laughs> so, okay. It's one, nothing Dodgers and Don Newcomb, the should be hall of famer does his job fantastically over eight innings. He holds the giants towards to just one run. Now that only run uh, was a sack fly up a deep, deep fly out by Bobby Thompson. Uh, but anyway, over eight innings, one run. You can't ask for anything more. So now we go to the bottom of the ninth. It is four to one, uh, Brooklyn Dodgers on top. We got thirty-four thousand three hundred twenty people in the stands, and uh, one of them probably left early, and we'll talk about that later. But here we are <laughs> on the bottom of the ninth. So to this point, uh, Don Newcomb is still pitching. He's gotten eight innings. Um, he has pitched 272 innings throughout the season. T- to give you some context <laughs> here, it's, this is a hundred. Yeah, this is a 154 game season. Now we have 162. Um, not one pitcher this year pitched over 200 innings. So he's like almost <laughs> double what anyone did this year. This yeah, he's tired. He's laboring, especially after eight and, and innings. This is- this is also at a time where they would pitch you and then pitch you again, you know, three days later, you know, yeah. put you on short Just rest as some well. Dirt on it. Exactly. Like I, I, so I remember there's a, a whole chapter about Don Newcomb or at least a section on Don Newcomb and uh, John Wiseman's book. Um, oh, it's slipping my mind, but it's, I, I'm, I'm going to Google it right now, but essentially yeah, yeah. about the Dodgers pitching tradition, right? And there's a, uh, a brothers in arms, bro- that just came to head, uh, brothers that's in arms, which on Wiseman. That's a nice turn of phrase there. Great, great name, uh, great book, but there's a whole, a whole section about Don Newcomb and how, you know, basically his whole conditioning was he was just going to run, you know, he was just going to run and run and run. And that's ba- basically what he did. He would yeah. he'd show up, he'd, he'd throw, you know, like 150 pitches or something. And then he would run like, like 10 miles or something. It just run until, you know, he was just a massive hulking that guy. Silly. Um, yeah. These old pitchers were just legendary. Just what they, they could do. Absolutely. With their, their, yeah. So yeah, this legendary pitcher, he's gone 270 plus hittings. The guy's tired. So they send him back out there. And the bottom of the ninth with the Dodgers up 4-1 goes a single, single pop fly out. So he gets one out, two on. And the decision is made to take him out of the ball game. Would you make that call? 
So Man, eight point eight, eight and a third innings, run, run ball, and take it's the ace. Nineteen fifty one. Do I make that call? I don't know. <laughs> um, I here, here's where I'm at though. If if we apply, because you can't, it's hard to apply modern strategy mm-hmm. and 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 you know ways of thinking to this baseball game because Don Newcomb pitched eight eight something innings, eight point yeah, one innings. The man's earned right it. now. If we apply like okay modern thinking yes you take him out because you this guy probably i don't know what his pitch count is i don't have it in front of me probably pitched around one you know at least 100 to 150 possibly more yeah possibly much more than that well, to be fair yes, one, I one take him out. You, take, you take anyone out after that i think mm-hmm. um like regardless of who you have in your pen and ralph bronca he he was you know very good that was, season solid, I, yeah i don't question that move at all now I I do so and if this was a modern game and let's say Scherzer uh, for example goes out gives you eight amazing innings or like Granky in the World Series game um, and it gives you eight amazing innings part of me really wants to see him go back out because it's you know that old, take old him out school every mentality time. but you're exactly right you got to take him out put in the the, the because the fresh how many arm. how many times have we seen that backfire like Matt Harvey in 2015. They just yeah, left him out there to die. Uh, you know, the man, he pitched a great game. Clayton Kershaw, the first, like, up, mm. you know, up until very recently, they would leave him out there into the seventh, eighth inning when he was clearly gassed and seeing a lineup yeah. three or four times. It's like, at a certain point, you're just setting your pitchers up for failure. So, the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers see that. They take Newcomb out of the game and put in, like we said, three-time All-Star Ralph Bronco, who had a solid, if not spectacular, uh, 3.26 yeah. ERA. I, I feel comfortable with that. You're up three runs. Why not? It's the right um, call. I guess two minutes at the time, yeah. Um, so up next we have Bobby Thompson. Uh, so Bobby Thompson, who, like we said earlier, is on fire. He, he's hitting what, what, three seventy two since August eleventh. This guy can break. And we got a rookie Willie Mays, who's not having the best year of his career ever. Um, he's on deck. So most people are thinking Bobby Thompson is going to walk. Call it a day. Uh, so my mistake. It's not four one member. It's four two. Um, <laughs> and so they get to. One strike on Bobby Thompson, and then there's a telescope. What's going on here, Noah? Yeah, so I mean, it was <laughs> it was another episode in a, in, in a long line of the Dodgers being cheated and, and bamboozled, <laughs> uh, and and just uh, just hoodwinked out of out of our rightful championship berth. Uh, no, I I don't know. It's 1951. There's reports that the uh, Giants were using a a you know, a, a signaling system with a portable telescope out in the outfield, out, Most out above center field. Portable, yeah. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know what, what, what telescope technology is at in 1951. Okay. No, I, Brandon. I, I, do, I do want to point out these reports that came out with 20 years after the fact, while this interviewer is interviewing like I aging mean, ball players. I mean, it was two years after the fact that we found out about Houston. So maybe we were just gathering sources. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'll give you that. Who knows? Anyway, but yeah, so that's that's what the rumor um, that is spread around is is that yes, they had a telescope out there during their their big push at the end of their season. Um, now, and if, that if, it was if, it, if they had this telescope, why were they hitting so trash the entire game? Like, wouldn't they know? Or I they mean, just used it this it's one time. Don Newcomb is nasty. It's because he. This I mean, okay. So, like, if Max Scherzer, if you're given, if you're given, like, Jacob. Okay, if you're in there against Jacob Degrom, and you're, you know, every pitch that's coming, you still have to hit 103 miles an hour. You still have to hit the the curveball that, yeah, that yeah, I'll, breaks I'll like that. 15 feet. You know, and 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 here's the thing: is that it's it's 
it's definitely cheating in 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 and what the asterisk did specifically i'm not going to retread that because what they did the real time like right that's you know using different. cameras that was that was really really bad and there's I think, evidence for I think that and this is all kind of back and forth is, the telescope is definitely on the the worst end of that spectrum because i it, it's the same concept it's real time ceiling science I, I, I just don't know how what i'm questioning more is is 1951 how vi- how usable is it you know, like it's a telescope and I, it says yeah, that so, they're so able to see for those, the For those of you wondering, how does a telescope relay the signs? So this is the mechanism that supposedly happened. You had somebody out in deep center looking at the catcher's finger signals uh, through the telescope and then shouting what these signals are to somebody else who would then move some kind of um, weather dish one way or the other to say if this is going outside, inside, off speed, fastball. Like that's how it works. So puts the fingers down. Two seconds later, the pitch delivered. So in that time frame, telescope, yell, move, batter looks, catches the ball, swings. There's a lot going on there. I don't think yeah. that's a viable I, cheating mechanism. I I don't know because there it, there are there is some there there are there is some stuff out there that kind of substantiates the the whole telescope theory. Like the way you explained it, yeah, that is fairly convoluted. Um, but I do get, so, so, you know, the rumors started spreading around like, you know, the 1950s, you know, after that decade and Ralph Bronca to his credit, he didn't say anything about it because he didn't mm-hmm. want to look like, you know, sour grapes and all. Like exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and they actually Ford Frick, you know, it heard some of these, these rumors and he's like, you know, if there was a charge, I forfeit the game, but I, I have to have evidence. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not really. <laughs> And not really something you can. Yeah, the video evidence at the time is grainy at best. Yeah. It's like this is proof the film, but way worse. Yeah. Now, now Bobby Thompson uh, does say that he, he. Bobby Thompson said that they stole signs and that he did take some, and you know he was oh. remorseful about it. But he says that he didn't get the sign on that pitch, and that mm-hmm. sounds a whole lot like the Astros saying, "Oh, we cheated through the season, but we didn't cheat in playoffs." It's <laughs> like, like of course you're not you're you're not going to admit to cheating on the most iconic home run of, of baseball history. Of course not. Like, like, like even if Bobby Thompson feels bad, so like, me, I'm sure. Let me ask I, you I this. Even, okay. Did he cheat? In that I, one pitch? I think, I, I mean, it's on that one pitch. <laughs> I, I can't really make a, uh, I can't point fingers. It's been like 60, okay. 70 years. Okay. If now, you want me, me to give me, an let me answer. A different question. Let me do a different question. More fair okay. question. Um, since it was 70 years ago, it's a moment in baseball history. Would it bother you if he did cheat at that one pitch? Oh, oh, it would bother me in the sense <laughs> that it would give me something to be incredibly petty about to my friends um, that are Giants fans. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like I wasn't alive. Like, it doesn't really affect me. Like, I don't wake up in the morning and shake my fist and, like Bobby Thompson. Bobby Thompson like, and that telescope. Right? Like, it's like, like I was I was negative like like 50 years old at that point um <laughs> so no I, I don't really think you know it's not Fair something enough. i i think if they if anything if they came out with reports like oh you know like it's it's illegitimate blah blah blah. oh i would totally i'd be talking trash but be, because i'd be tra- talking trash about something that happened 70 yeah. years ago and, and, and so and so all these rumors came out again 20 years after the fact but in the moment this was absolute mayhem in the stadium and yeah. around the entire state of New York so for example uh they were so people in New York were so excited by this they ran to the phones to call people and the phone lines went down in New York for two straight hours after the game and people trying to call people trying to say, did you That's see funny. that did you see what happened which i get and supposedly, I, I haven't been able to verify this, but supposedly, 
uh, the broadcast station, uh, they didn't record the games at this time. Uh, so supposedly the only way that the famous call, you know, the Giants win the pennant by Russ Aldridge, the only way it survived is because some Brooklyn fan asked his mother to tape record the game for him. So he took wow. that and, and, and gave it and said, this is how it survives That's now so cool. in this one form. Yeah, this one way it survived. <laughs> Wow. And, and, and just to think, like, you know, it means nothing because he cheated. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That's really cool, though. Now, uh, do, do you know, so did the Giants win the World Series that year, even when they had this magical moment? Why don't you fill everyone in? <laughs> good, good save. Uh, no, they lost 4-2 to the Yankees. Hate to see it. Yeah. Uh, now, really quick, I did say well, one guy may have left a little bit early. Uh, that one guy, uh, according to MLB historian John Thorne, Yogi Berra was at the game and left <laughs> early. And fun fact, I know that because um, like a year ago now, I, I wrote a little story about Yogi's um, never actually having said, um, it ain't over till it's over. And so um, uh, he, he commented on it and he goes, well, the guy who may or may not have said this quote did leave early at the top Bobby Thompson home run game. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, that is it is I feel like Yogi Berra also just needs an entire like like somewhat somewhat historical biopic like just like a series we, of, we, of short stories with, have, with Yogi Berra just about his life. Do we have a list of things we said like we can anthology. do an episode on cuz we have we, Yeah, we, I do. We said I, that quite I have a, bit. a list. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get going um, on those in the off season. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's why <laughs> that's that's why I do I will say this um the real quick is is so recently with the Dodgers and Giants meeting up in the division series, mm-hmm. um, great series. Uh, one of my friends who's who's from the Bay Area, she texted she texted me. She's like, "Yo, you know, like, you know, it's gonna be a good series. Like, good luck." And I was in in uh, something like that, and I said, "You know, like, I responded like, Giants cheated in 1951. It, it doesn't count." <laughs> oh, oh, excellent, excellent. He, he's like, he, um, she she goes, she's like, "Dude, you, we were negative like 38. Like, give it a rest." <laughs> I, I got. I would do the same thing though. I got one last question for you about 1951 yes. season, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Um, so, given that Bobby Thompson's home run is probably the most iconic home run call of all of baseball history most likely because we don't have a call of like Beirut's shot or anything like that sure. um would you rather have your team have a moment like that or win a forgettable world series because nobody wow. knows in the next 51 the yankees won that's, they just that's remember the bobby thompson shot um yeah kind of what the world series one, you know? are you kidding uh-huh. me that wouldn't be forgettable to me i mean it's like it's like the joke that that everyone forgets the White Sox won in two thousand five. Mm-hmm. They still won. Like like I I mean and and here's here's but, where but I'm they, coming they from. They don't have I, a, there's no miraculous moment like the Bobby Thompson I'm, hit. Okay, like, I feel like I can actually another thing about it. I might be able. I might be pretty well equipped to answer this because yeah, right. I've seen a lot of magnificent Dodger moments that are huge. And then ultimately they don't win the world series and they kind of fade in the background a little bit. I mean, look at, and this is not to take away from the the moments themselves, but look at Cody Bellinger's home run against Atlanta in game three. Uh, I think it was game three, right. Of, of the NL NLCS where it is three run home run. The ball is above mm-hmm. his head. And it was like this huge electric moment. And everyone was saying like, Oh, you know, that could be one of the bigger Dodger playoff moments if they win well spoiler alert mm-hmm. they did not win and but, i don't think that's that's going to be mentioned in the same sentence as kurt gibson again no, but, you know? but, but take pay, taking within the context you know uh two, 2021 i love baseball just as much as anyone but it doesn't capture the attention of the nation anymore uh kurt gibson yeah. kind of did but bobby thompson like baseball okay. was america okay, I see what you mean so, so that's why it was embedded in the culture yeah so it's not just a great um, baseball moment but a great cultural moment 
so so that'd be kind of I, I think the only one of the only other moments I think that fits that criteria for me is when Mike Piazza hit that home run after 9-11 that was an iconic moment yeah I think was, I think Sammy that's Sosa more what we're it, thinking yeah. Um, yeah I want the World Series <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, like, like I understand like, oh, it'd be cool to have a big cultural moment, but I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure I'd rather have a world series. Like, like, do you I, think, I, I guess it, it depends. Like, is that your one world series? Do you have 18 world series? I think like, it's, I, I think I it's, three, it's, maybe I'll hang say a, the world series. I can't hang a ban, a banner for a moment. You know, well, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm just thinking of, of from the, the like shallow fan point of view. Like, yeah, it'd be really, yeah, don't get I, me wrong. I, I, it'd be I cool. It'd be awesome. Uh, to, to get like, uh, you know, no, have no one, those moments, but no one knows that the Giants lost 1951. They just know the shots. They just know the Giants that win the That is a valid point, actually. Yeah, so, I so, 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 something, something to think about. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. I think we have a little break here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we will be right back. We're going to take a short break for a word from our sponsors. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show that was a lot and of fun. we're back. Yeah, that we weren't doing ad breaks before. Uh, uh, yeah, that's 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 what we you you took a uh, an episode off and and I I sold out. I guess and now we're now we're breaking in that mean mean cast. That, uh, sure. that 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 yeah we're we need to get some some merch <laughs> or something. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so we're back from our break and into uh, the pickle jar. So this is interesting because this is. Usually when we talk about the pick, we do the pickle jar and we talk about old slang or we talk about baseball slang, it's stuff that's existed for decades, right? Like it is, it is old, but today we actually, it's kind of, kind of cool in real time. We get to kind of define and talk about this new proposed baseball Mm -hmm. slang. And it's funny to say proposed because it's kind of like they're proposing it like some kind of like legislation, I guess. But um, we're talking about the arm barn. Uh, and I'll get more, a little more into the background of that when we talk about its origin in a second. But Brandon, when you heard arm barn, like have, have you, have you been, cause this, uh, this happened I, today. Is this the yeah, first time I, you're hearing I, of it? I did hear about it today and I kind of really love it. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to put the real definition away just for a moment and just give okay. a brief reaction. What's your, arm what's barn, your reaction? What it, could, what it could mean. I like to think it's the minor leagues. Because so often, oh. so often, pitchers get injured. Call up the next one. Call up the next arm. So there's that arm barn somewhere in the minor leagues. We just pluck pitchers out of and say, "Go." I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and also, there's the the uh, the connection because they call the minor leagues the farm, right? They call it the yeah. farm leagues yeah. Makes a sense. lot of the time. So it, it fits the motif. I asked a couple of a, a couple of people I know that aren't like you know, super familiar with baseball slang. I've asked uh, 
my buddy August, and he said that an arm barn is a place where large men go to arm wrestle in the country. That's fair. It sounds very um, Scandinavian for some reason. I can't. I'm just thinking of these huge burly guys just going out in the middle of the woods and like plopping down on a stump and, and getting down to business. But uh, and then something else. But okay. Yeah. I. Or, <laughs> Anyway, um, then I asked my friend, Je- my friend Jessica, and she said that an arm barn is a gym for people who purposely forget leg day. Oh, all right. I got um, you. Yeah. So, I, I mean, people who just avoid, I feel like if people are avoiding leg day, they'd also avoid going to a place called the arm barn. But um, That's true. yeah, it's, well, it's, what, it's, what we got here. What is it? Yeah, so the actual, like I said, so um, it's not often we, we get to do new slang as it kind of like pops up, you know, but that's that's what happened today. So arm barn is actually a term that was all over Twitter and the internet uh, this afternoon as PETA suggested it as an alternative to the, the bullpen. Uh, now, their reasoning is that the term the bullpen is is specious, which we we do not have nearly enough time to unpack here on this show. <laughs> but just off. Of, but but yes, like just off the top of your head, you said it was cool. I also really think arm barn sounds pretty dope. Um, it does sound cool. Like, I, you know, like it sounds sounds like that's where you. Yeah, I, know, I feel like that's where you'd find the gun. Show. First of all, it makes sense. The arm barn. And then, yeah, what, what does the bullpen mean? What does that come from? That sounds like a pickle jar moment right there. I think I think the bullpen is cool, though, because it's kind of like you're hyping up your 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 stud relievers out oh, there. You're I, like, yeah, I, we got I, the bulls pacing like I like Max Scherzer in the bullpen. So, yeah, I do so miss the uh, stud closes coming into like WWF music. I, I miss that. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I still I, I they, they still do it. I think I think that's actually something that we should focus on is how to how to make that even wilder. I, I think my favorite is when they go to the bullpen and they 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 have a clubhouse attendant or a security guard drive the the pitcher in yes, in a little yes, cart. They give yes. them a little go kart or no, a little buggy. There's nothing more menacing than the clothes coming in on the golf cart. But it's so funny though because also I mean. I guess the reasoning is so they don't like oh yeah who strain so, themselves because somebody's gotten hurt on the jog in from the bullpen and, and everyone's not, like see not only that um, I forget who it was but there was some reliever who always had this high intensity to him and so I, I was he, a like, high leverage moment in. He, yeah he actually sprinted in and the catcher is on the mound glaring yeah. at him because he knows he's wasting his legs so by the time he sprints to the mound he's already tired so he throws his more pitches and he's <laughs> he's breathing in and out he's huffing first pitch home run and the catcher <laughs> just gets pissed off at him. I, I know there's that one gif of there's some I don't know his name off the top of my head, but it was some Phillies reliever and he was just booking it into the it's probably you know, that one, yeah. in from the bullpen. And you just see JC Real Muto standing behind the plate and he just gives this expression behind his mask where he just kinda like rolls his eyes and he like lets out a sigh and it's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's hey, you know, if you need to, to run in to get your intensity up and get your blood flowing, like, yeah, do do whatever is yeah, gonna but make you successful. But it's so funny. You go aside and say, hey, I'm here yeah. to pitch, your legs have to be fresh. Yeah, but arm barn, I think we should keep that one around. That I'm I think I, 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 I think that the bullpen is also awesome. And I think ha- that should stick around yeah. too. But I think we could rock both. They both how sound long, really good. How long dope. did it take us for us to get used to enter the reserve? So, no time at all. So we, no we can make this transition. Yeah. Um, well, I don't need, yeah, but um, I think that, oh, I had, I had, oh, that, that's what I was going to say. So you know how pitchers, if you're in the, you're, you're in the same rotation, you're like, or that's, that's what it's called. You're, there's a word yeah. for it. You know, you, your rotation mates, right? 
in a pitcher and a catcher that's battery mates, but there's not a name for being in the bullpen with somebody else. And I really think I've been thinking about this for a while. I'm not going to lie. And my suggestion is that we call relievers who share the same bullpen pen pals. Oh my, that's way better than anything I could have made. They are pen pals. <laughs> um, get in here guys. We, we just, we just made a new pickle jar pen pals. It's, it's weird that they don't have like a, like, I don't know. I just think that's weird that we have got a name for pitcher for starters and name for, for, you know, we've got the battery, but no, nothing for relievers. Anyway, it's just my mind going off on I a like tangent. This. I like this. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and, and wrap this up here with, I guess, kind of a quick discussion because we've had a good time so far. Yeah. Um, we, we mentioned the World Series and World Series. And so, so basically, uh, Noah, um, is watching this World Series and <laughs> is upset. He Not doesn't just me. care. <laughs> He doesn't care because he doesn't care about the Astros and his team just lost to the Braves. He doesn't care about the Braves. So he's thinking this is like the least desirable World Series of all time. I I just see. I just I can't. Clearly, I have to root against Houston because I mean, because you're a baseball it's fan. Houston because yeah. I, I'm a baseball fan and. You know, I, I'm a good person, more importantly. Um, but <laughs> Atlanta, see, here's the thing is, is and that's totally fair if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, you know, he's just salty that the Dodgers lost to Atlanta. And trust me, I'm, I'm a little salty for sure. I, I'm, I'm not perfect. I, I don't claim to be. But Atlanta, like, I just don't, I can't really root for them either. And it's in part because of the chop and just their their whole deal. Now, and now you, you can't claim to be perfect, but I can. So I say the Braves. Of course. We can we can root for the Braves just fine. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. For me, it's like which one do I want to lose less, and that would be Atlanta. Yeah, there, there have been um, plenty of World Series where we think, "Where's the meteor? I want to root for the and, meteor to win this one." And it's in in recent years, and, and like I've said, like it's not because they they beat the Dodgers. Like when the Nationals beat the Dodgers. Also, they were playing the Astros, but that was before we knew they cheated. I really wanted Max Scherzer and, and Trey Turner. I wanted the Nationals to win, so I root oh, for yeah. them. So it's not like I'm. I, yeah, there's a little bit of of that's a little bit mm-hmm. of my underlying is yeah, I'm a little irritated they knocked him out, but like that's not the whole deal. And um, honest, and honestly, when the Astros first played the Dodgers and and won before we all knew what happened, like it was kind of a feel good story after what happened in Texas with the Hurricanes. You didn't feel yeah. bad, like everyone. No, that's that's what though. what I think it, people kind of. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to say they forget because it was very recent, but the Astros were very much treated as like the Cinderella team in 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, feel good story because like back then Altuve was still cool. Um, and all those guys, yeah. you know, still had, you know, people like George Springer. Um, wow, but, yeah, that's right. And, and the Dodgers, like, you know, people hate the Dodgers because they're the Dodgers. Like, the Dodgers, I, which is, yeah, it's, it's fair. It's how it works. Um, yeah, but but it's it's wild to think of like the the about face that happened, you know, like uh, you know, it, after after that cheating scandal broke. So I'm gonna say, so that's what we were talking about. Is I this is just one of the least desirable World Series matchups that I think I've seen recently. Now that, that's um, for you the only, personally, the only, I have to say, yeah, for me personally, okay, okay, for me personally. Sense. Do you have another one that kind of jumps to mind in recent years that's you've just not had a huge desire to watch? Oh goodness! Um, you know, whenever the Dodgers are in, I'm like, you know, I can't. I'm about <laughs> done. No. I am so glad that I have not had a Dodger Yankee World Series. I don't know what I would do. I can't I would, believe it's not happened. I wanted to happen so, so bad. Dead. It'd be well, a classic. Have, It'd be historical. I'm just, and I'm also and you know the Yankees, Yankees would win too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, anytime the Rays make it, makes me happy. Uh, I like how the, I just I just like how they play. Um, 
you know, most of the time, there's at least one team I can root against. Like when the Red Sox make it, sure, I root, I root against the Red Sox, not because of the team. I just don't want to deal with obnoxious just fans. Austin, <laughs> um, yeah, same thing with the Cubs. Like I got it. The first year, wow, I, I really enjoy. I really, wow. as a Diamondbacks fan, I really enjoy masochism. So I'm like, I want the Cubs to lose, uh, and they won. I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> That's really but interesting. If, that, if so I, you're if, reading. You're rooting for Cleveland. I can always, yeah, I can, actually, I was had a bet on Cleveland that year. And you know what? They would have won in that game seven, except in the first inning. I forgot who it was between center and left field. They didn't communicate on the fly ball. It dropped the run scored, and that was a sudden yep. run. So um, you got to communicate in the outfield, guys. Um, yeah, I was going for Cleveland. <laughs> okay. No, that's fair. But so typically, if I don't find the team to root for, you know, I always have a team in my back pocket to root against for whatever reason because I am petty. <laughs> you have to be yeah yeah um for the longest time you know I, I wouldn't i didn't care for the brewers but now since ryan braun's gone um i love the brewers yeah um, i love that yeah. team i love the manager i like I love the ballpark i would have been very happy to see them go um sure so, so yeah um to answer your question i i can't think of world series i just absolutely dreaded because thank god it hasn't happened yet <laughs> yeah for me my greatest nightmare going into October. And that's part of the reason I wasn't as mad. Um, one, cause I got, you know, I got my first world series last year, but two, because, Oh man, if the giants ended up playing the Astros, I would have, I would, I, I, I don't know what I would have done. Man, I, like I, I straight up would have had, had a, a crisis as, <laughs> as, a, as a fellow NL West fan. I think I would have to root for the Giants just because as much I as I hate it, they put together a great coaching staff, a great I team, had a great to root culture. For them. Like, Doesn't like, that make you kind of angry? It's, it's literally rooting for the lesser of two evils as a Dodgers fan, and I hate it. I would honestly root for the Meteor, you know? like Okay, all right. So let's say the Dodgers don't make it, the Diamondbacks don't make it. Who is your dream matchup in the World Series? My dream matchup. So I've, I've um, so let, maintained let's do, this. Let's do right now, uh, like right the now. current season, and okay. then you can just pick one in history between two teams whenever. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Um, so right now, so I've maintained this since like 2016 is I, my dream world series matchup is Padres Mariners. That would be oh so sick. Oh my goodness. That uh, would be the, so fun. The, what is that called? Um, the, the Vetter Cup. The Vetter Cup. We need the yeah, Vetter Cup. To that happen. would be so awesome. Um, and then oh. uh, biased, of course, but I also love, you know, ser- you know, what do you, whatever you want to call it, uh, freeway series, cross down series, subway series, yeah, those Dodgers fun. angels would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, as would, I, I don't really care about the you Yankees know, or Mets, but <laughs> that's fair. I, I think the Padres Mariners would have a very low viewership, but as baseball fans, would oh, lose I think their collective it would be minds. huge. I actually think viewership would be way up because it'd be, you oh, get, hmm. you get Seattle into it. I mean, Seattle, look at, look at what they did this year when they didn't even make the playoffs. They were, it was huge. Up Baseball is oh, huge in Seattle. This, right, this, but, it, but that's the thing summer. about, this is a, a bigger conversation about baseball being a local sport, which I think Manfred True. just butchered True. the Battle Lanza the other day. Uh, but it's very localized. We get very excited about it, but the team yeah. in Seattle may not interest people in Florida. Unfortunately, that's fair. That's fair. But, um, Okay. Yeah, I could see. I could see. Yeah, being small market teams. Yeah, I understand they'd be, you know, playing to smaller markets. I don't know, but I feel like that would just tra- be so because neither team has won, and I mean, Mariners have not won oh. ever. I and mean, we, Padres we, haven't we, won we, either. Yeah. So I'm. So I mean, although I, I do have to say again, I have a very, very good friend who's a massive Padres fan. Uh, it, it it did kind of bring me a small amount of joy to see him. You know, just be I, implode the way they did. A small amount of joy. <laughs> 
Um, you know, I like I, the Padres. I, I want Tatis to become the massive superstar that he is. I want that. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's a little bit of happiness in there. My friends get get annoyed. Like that was this year because they're getting annoyed because I was like, you know, I, I really do want the Padres to do well because they're a fun yeah. team and they're good for baseball. And my friends who are Padres fans are like, no, like we need to have like a, a better rivalry. I was like, okay, I can be a jerk. I mean, <laughs> like if you want me to like, yeah. like talk trash, but just know, like I really do like the Padres. Um, All right. So, yeah, I'm on board with Padres Mariners. I want that to happen. What's, what's your do you have another? Uh, besides Padres Mariners, uh, you know, I let's go Brewers Rays. That'd be a lot of fun Brewers, to watch. Brewers Rays. That is a weird matchup. Yeah. Um. Again, cool. ma- the networks would hate it, but baseball fans would love it. Okay. Okay. Um. And you said a historical one. Is this yeah, like a? You could pick like the twenty seven Yankees against the two thousand one Mariners. Oh. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that would. One be a, a yeah, great matchup, although the Mariners didn't get to the World Series that year, right? You know, they don't um, want to be somebody who won the World Series. Okay. Like a team I would, in history. I honestly, I would really like, and this is just me, once again, being a homer, watching the 2017 Dodgers take on some of those iconic, you know, like oh, world beating yeah, okay. teams. Because that, that, I mean, I know they won in 2020, but that was like the team of destiny from my point of view was the 2017 Dodgers were, could not be stopped by anything but a trash can. And that, so that, that's the team. That's the one that got away from me. So seeing them lacing up against some of the bigger historical teams, but I'll throw off the, the Homer cap. Um, I think, yeah, like, like just, just there's just from pure, just, it'd be fun to watch. Like there's like Barry Bonds, like the, 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 oh the, the Giants, you, know, you could even do, yeah. do, you know, like New York Giants versus San Francisco Giants or something like that. You know, like there, there's some really cool legend matchups. Like I'd love to see, you know, Ricky Henderson race around polo grounds, right? Like there's, there's all sorts of cool stuff you could do. Um, yeah. Do you have a, uh, like, like, what, what, like a, a top, just, just a final, I have um, an idea. Um, okay. Unfortunately, I cannot recall that exact team. Um, but let's go ahead and put. Oh, the, the twenty certain Yankees might be a little bit too easy. Let's do the Bob Gibson Cardinals. So I feel that would be interesting. Um, against and I can't recall the exact team. Um, it was routinely called like the greatest Negro League team of all time with Oscar Charleston and John. What, what, about, I don't know what year. You talking about with, the oh with, oh. Uh, with uh, yeah Gibson and Charleston and Coupal Bell like the A list the against against you know an A list major league team. I would love to see that happen. Not just barnstorming, but like this is for real. This is the best team of all time. Um, I would pay any amount of money to see that happen. I would so so this is this is interesting. This is very very recent. I would have loved nothing more than to see a matchup of like the 2011 Phillies with oh, um you just want, so I was thinking that like what kind of elite pitching uh, do you with, want to see? Well well the 2011 Phillies with like the 1998 uh, Atlanta would team would be sick because yeah. you could have like well that's, that's Cliff Maddox Lee, Roy and, Holiday, yeah. Cole Hamels. Um, I'm I'm who am I forgetting? Cliff Lee, Roy Holiday, Cole Hamels. Wasn't uh, Roy Oswalt in that team as well? Roy Oswalt, Roy yeah. Oswalt, yeah. Um, and, and Joe Blanton, <laughs> um, but against Maddox, Glavin, uh, John oh Smoltz. Um, that or or a team that was two two very close together that Phillies team against the 2013 Tigers 
Uh, that would have been wild because those those mm-hmm. teams were separated by like two years. Yeah, uh, they could have faced of off at the same time because like, that's e- that's Verlander, that's that's Anibal Sanchez, like, e- even like Scherzer. The Diamondbacks Price. with a Johnson and Schilling barely missed out on the peak Braves as well. Yeah, uh, with their pitching, so we we just love pitching matchups, is what we're saying. That's 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 the key to a good series, though. I feel like is is really those tense. You know, give me a seven game series of tense. Like, oh, I mean, there there can be offense, but just like some close three run two, you know, three or fewer run ball games. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. that'd be mm-hmm. great. Peak peak baseball. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I'm just now. I'm just like thinking. You got me like thinking. I'm like, oh, it would be cool. Like, and 20- unfortunately, we, we think of these great questions like in the <laughs> middle the of the show. Of, yeah, we, we don't have time to research this. Yeah, and make yeah. little storylines out of it. One la- yeah, yeah. This was not the the direction I we were going. But um, okay. So one last one last matchup oh, yeah. that I would love to see sure. the '66 Dodgers with Koufax and Drysdale and and uh, like Don Sutton against like the 2010 Giants. Would be sick, like in the NLCS, like Matt Cain, Tim Lincecum, like Bum Garner, like Lincecum versus Koufax would be such an iconic matchup. That would be that'd be the coolest thing ever. <laughs> we really need to expand our knowledge we, of baseball yeah. beyond the NL West. I, I love it to death, but <laughs> I guess the Central does exist. <laughs> I mean, okay, but but at the same time, when we talk about modern teams. You know, the yeah, Central hasn't really been the strongest division. I mean, we hold, we had a whole. What are you talking about? We had a whole episode basically about the Cardinals, or a whole a whole segment on the Cardinals. Yeah, but that was about their evil voodoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now, now we we've stayed away from the Central as a result because yeah, it's scary. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, who? Okay. So, before we close out, who's your pick in the World Series? Because this this is going out uh going out Friday. Well, I, I gotta go who's with your, Atlanta. Who's your logical pick? Atlanta. And how many games? Well, okay. okay, so my heart wants me to go with Atlanta for all the reasons we outlined previously, uh, but they've been decimated by a variety of injuries and the Zuna, all that kind of jazz. Um, and of course, Charlie Morton going out really hurts. Um, I still think they take it. I still think they take it. Okay. They, okay. Uh, Braves and six. It Even though they is, just lost yeah, in the field. <laughs> And they lost Charlie Morton. <laughs> uh, um, I think that I really want Atlanta to win. I really do. And I'm going to pick Atlanta just because I'm not going to even entertain the thought that they won't. Um, I, 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 I can't live is, in a world this, like that where the Astros this, win. Both, both pitching staffs are looking really rough. I know that um, Luis Garcia, I think, just, just threw a great game. Or, or, and, and they've still got Framber. Um, in Houston, but it's really, I feel like this is just going to be decided by both teams slugging it out. Just, you know, essentially punching each other in the face over and over again via the home run ball. Um, yeah. and so I, I'm going to hope that Freddie Freeman gets his first, cause that's it. I'm not even rooting for Atlanta. I'm rooting for Freddie Freeman. So like Freddie Freeman and Jock and Jock. Yeah, you find those people from Freeman and come on, come on. Dan's V Swanson. Oh, of course yeah. you got your Jock in there. Um, yeah. Jock with the pearls. So yeah, well, let's, I, I I don't want to be boring, but okay, you know, I'll say in seven because I think that what's oh, going to happen okay. is Atlanta's okay. going to go up three. They're going to go up three one, and then they're going to lose two in a row. It's terrifying because this is Atlanta it's sports. It's Atlanta okay. sports. We got to remember the, um, and they got to make it real, real, real close and dramatic. But I, I think they pull it out in the end. I think they they win their, their first, first World Series. 
Graves in six yep. or seven. And since since the nineties. But uh yeah, so we're picking Atlanta anyway. Another action packed short hops and tall tales episode. If you liked what you heard, um <laughs> follow Short Hops and Tall Tales on Twitter at Short Hops PL. Follow Brandon at BD Riddle and myself at Noah A. Scott Six. Uh subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. Leave a review if you like. For Brandon Riddle, I'm Noah Scott, and this has been the Short Hops and Tall Tales Podcast. See you next time. Please, Atlanta. Please.